You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on the Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. Talk some BYU basketball. Purdue transfer Matt Harms. Apparently BYU has made uh, made itself the front runner for his services as a transfer, a graduate transfer. We'll talk about, about what he might bring to BYU's team. Answer some of your questions on a Twitter Thursday here on the podcast. Talk a little bit about the NFL draft that kicks off tonight and how it involves BYU and also catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we usually do. So a lot to get to on a Thursday. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is of course America's number one daily podcast network. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get it going here. This is Locked On Cougars for April 23rd, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast, all focused on BYU athletics. If you're just finding us, if you're new to the show, welcome on in. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU news you need to know each and every day, as well as insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So thanks again for taking the time to download this show. Make sure to hit that follow button if you're listening to us on Spotify, the subscribe button on Apple iTunes. Regardless of wherever you're listening to us, make sure that you're following the show and you have it each day and you join us each day as we talk BYU sports. All right, starting things off today, wanted to... uh, talk a little bit about some news that broke last night or some of the reports that emerged last night and that is that seven foot three graduate transfer big man Matt Harms formerly of the Purdue Boilermakers had announced earlier this week a final three of Kentucky Texas Tech and BYU and I thought okay it's nice to see BYU in the final three here but you're not going to beat out Chris Beard, who's the coach at Texas Tech. You're not going to beat out Coach Cal, speaking of John Calipari, down there at Kentucky. Those are guys that are big, big fish in the college basketball realm. But reports last night coming from Evan Daniels, most notably of Fox Sports 1 and 24-7 Sports, a bright mind when it comes to college basketball. He put in a crystal ball prediction. And what it is with 24-7 Sports is these experts, they make more than an educated guess. They kind of have uh, gotten the pulse of how things are going for recruits and the like and they put in a what they call a crystal ball prediction and he's predicting BYU is the destination for Matt Harms now that if you're a BYU basketball fan should engender plenty of confidence in Mark Pope and his staff's coaching abilities as well as more importantly their recruiting abilities Matt Harms is an elite prospect, just an impressive, impressive athlete, a guy that I think BYU fans, if he does indeed end up picking BYU, I think are going to fall in love with because he is the type of player that fits the modern basketball, modern era of basketball more than almost any other. It's just truly impressive what he can do. At seven foot three, you can't teach size like that. And we talked about previously that Matt Van Komen might have been a guy that BYU was interested in, having connections to BYU, having played his high school ball in Utah Valley. Well, I can tell you this much Matt Harms is a much more developed 
seven foot, seven foot plus big man than Matt Van Komen is. And that's not surprising considering Van Komen is just a redshirt freshman versus a guy like Harms here who is a seven foot three graduating junior, if not, yeah, he'll be a senior this year coming to play for BYU. And that's impressive. More importantly, he has the ability to stretch the floor while also being a defensive force. Last year, he saw his uh, three-point percentage. He attempted 32 three-pointers for Purdue last year, hit on 10 of them. That's a 31% clip. If he continues to work on that and he proves that he can hit the three more consistently, he makes himself all the more dangerous as an athlete because he shot 52.4% from the field and at 7-3 in the college game, he should be able to get to the rim and score with relative ease. But the fact that he can show his, he's shown his ability to improve his three-point shot through three years with Purdue, you expect that in continued improvement, that progression man, he'd be an offensive threat. But more importantly is last night, Sam Vesini uh, from The Athletic tweeted this out. He said, quote, I would venture that Matt Harms is the best grad transfer on the market. His rim protection numbers are even more insane than you think they are. When he's on the floor, opposing teams shoot just 49.1% of the basket per pivot analysis. When he's off the court, teams are shooting 58.1% at the rim. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, what's the difference there? That means he is an elite shot blocker. He only averaged just over eight points and four and a half rebounds at Purdue. He was kind of tandem with another big man there for the Boilermakers. But the fact that he has almost a, a, what's that, 9% decrease at shots at the rim shooting percentage-wise for opponents when he's on the court shows you what he can do. He averaged, and this is just an average, over an entire season last year for Purdue do average 2.1 blocks per game this is a guy speaking of harms who is a who could be if he's not already a true offensive and defensive force for the BYU basketball program if the reports are true that are coming out and he picks BYU and he's expected to make that announcement at some point today as early as this morning so Stay tuned for that. We'll have that covered for you. Follow the show Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll have updates for you throughout the day if and when he makes that announcement. But at seven foot three, an ability to both protect the rim and also be an offensive threat out to the three-point line, if he were to join the BYU basketball program, BYU's front line next year could be absolutely formidable, if not just massive. We're talking about Matt Harms at 7 foot 3. You have Richard Harward who's 6'11", 7 foot and 250 pounds of solid muscle. Those are probably your 4 and 5 guys that are playing together because of Harms' ability to be a true uh, stretch 4 potentially with uh, Harward being able to protect the paint and rebound like an animal. And then at the 3 spot, well guess what? You probably are putting Wyatt Lowell there, the former freshman of the year in the WAC at UVU. at 6 foot 10. I've talked about him in the past. I am extremely high on his abilities. If he is your three guy and you you go 6'10", 6'11", 7'3", in your front court, wow. That is just huge in the college game uh, in terms of just the overall length you have there. You also put a guy like Connor Harding on the guard line there at 6'5", 6'6", his defensive abilities. And then probably a guy uh, in Alex Barcelo figures to start as a senior for BYU at 6'2". He's kind of the quote-unquote shrimp of that lineup. But you also have guys on the bench who played a significant role this past year that could also find themselves in the starting lineup. Colby Lee at 6'9" 
nine. You also have Gavin Baxter at six foot nine with his elite athleticism. If you're if either of them were in the starting lineup, you're still absolutely huge with a guy like Matt Harms moving into the starting lineup if he joins BYU. So I think this would be a massive pickup for the BYU basketball program. And more importantly, that's an absolutely phenomenal recruiting job if Mark Pope beats Coach Cal as well as Chris Beard for a guy that all three of them want and covet. That would scream to the world, whoa, BYU's got some recruiting chops to them. They can go out and get some of these guys who may have been previously unaccessible or guys that BYU wouldn't have ever dreamed about approaching about coming to play at BYU. And that should excite you as a BYU fan. So we'll have more coverage of this as the day progresses, uh, whenever Matt Harms decides to make his announcement. But it looks like BYU is the front runner for the uh, Dutch international forward slash center, Matt Harms. And that's exciting. I, I think that's a fantastic, fantastic addition for BYU if it indeed comes to f- comes to pass. All right, we'll switch gears here. Uh, big thank you, by the way, uh, Garrett, at uh, SF Garrett on uh, Twitter. He had actually asked a question that kind of preempted this uh, conversation. I had asked about had asked for questions on social media yesterday. So, Garrett, giving you a shout-out real quick. He's, his question originally was, if Harms chooses BYU, how does that change BYU's front court outlook for this upcoming season? So, hopefully Hopefully I answered that question, Garrett, without addressing it specifically, but that was a very good topic prompt, and thanks for reaching out on that. With to another question from our resident USU fan that listens to this podcast religiously, Dan the Man, the USU Aggie himself, he has a great question on the NFL draft for BYU. We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, if you are interested in such things as the NBA draft and getting some of the brightest minds in the NBA on a podcast, well, look no further than the Locked on podcast newest podcast and chad ford's nba big board chad ford was formerly for what i feel like two decades was espn's nba draft insiders if not their foremost authority when it comes to the nba draft well he is now with the locked on podcast network and he's talking nba draft each week check it out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, the newest podcast, available everywhere just like this podcast is on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, guys, the NFL draft begins tonight with the first round. And obviously, BYU is not projected to have anybody taken in the first round, if not maybe the first five or six or seven rounds. Now, seven rounds is the max that the draft goes. But regardless, it's still something that we need to discuss. And BYU there's been a perception that they're getting overlooked by the NFL because you see a number of guys who have made the NFL as undrafted free agents from BYU in recent years. And it's tough to swallow as a BYU fan because you have uh, your rival right up the road at the University of Utah looking like they could have potentially up to nine or ten guys taken in this year's draft. And Ute fans love to thumb their nose at BYU fans at any chance they get. And the perception is that Utah can get guys to the NFL and BYU cannot via the NFL draft. BYU, to their credit, has a number of guys contributing at an extremely high level currently who are undrafted free agents. I'm thinking of guys like a Taysom Hill. The Super Bowl champion himself, Daniel Sorensen, was a, once upon a time an undrafted free agent. You have Harvey Longy, a guy who is a key cog, a starter for the New York Jets after originally signing with the New England Patriots. They believed in him that much. Michael Davis, if you've listened to this podcast over time, you know that I'm a huge fan of the redemption story of Michael Davis because he was benched as a senior at BYU, picked up as an undrafted free agent after showing well in a pro day, and now he's a starting cornerback for the Los Angeles Chargers. It's a phenomenal story in that right. 
What needs to happen, though, is you need to start seeing BYU break through in the NFL draft, and I feel like that is going to come beginning next year. I think that you have two guys at least on the roster in next year's draft who are slam dunks to get drafted, and I'm thinking of Matt Bushman as well as Kyrus Tonga. There also are two offensive linemen for BYU, if not more than that. I think they could make the jump to the NFL next year and do just fine. I'm speaking of left tackle Brady Christensen as well as starting center James Empey. Both of them highly thought of offensive line prospects. So I'm going to bet big money that 2020 might be the last year that BYU sees themselves shut out of the NFL draft. They haven't had a first-round draft pick since uh, Ziggy Ansah went to the Detroit Lions with the fifth overall pick. But I still think this is an exciting time if you're a BYU fan because you can look to the future now and you can see right there on the horizon that there are going to be multiple guys in coming years drafted into the draft. I think that changes the conversation for BYU. They can go out on the recruiting trail at that point and begin pointing at guys saying, that guy's an NFL guy, that guy's an NFL guy. If you come here, you're an NFL guy and we think we can get you there. It's all about perception. It's kind of funny how it goes uh, in in the NFL with these teams. Uh, they draft on potential as well as uh, projecting ahead. They think that, okay, this athleticism, we think we can mold that. BYU's other issue is there are guys that are a little bit older because of missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that they struggle to uh be as young as NFL teams would like them to be. I'm thinking of a guy like Austin Lee this year. Austin Lee is going to be 26 years old if he's not 26 already, and He's a guy that, based on his numbers that he put up at that pro day, he went on to Las Vegas, has been well chronicled, uh, had a vertical jump of 40 inches, etc. Very impressive numbers, but his age is working against him, and that's why I think Austin Lee, despite having some monster combine numbers, probably is an undrafted free agent in this year's draft. I said this last night on Twitter, and I'll say it again. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. I said that my money, if there is going to be a guy taken in this year's draft, and that's a big if because BYU doesn't necessarily have a slam dunk uh, draft prospect in this year's crop, but if there's a guy that's going to be drafted in the latter stages of the draft, I'm thinking sixth round at the very, very earliest, it's Tyson Williams. And that might be a little bit surprising to some of you listening to this podcast thinking, Tyson Williams, of all people, you think he's the guy, Jake? I do, because I think what he has shown, the size to speed ratio, both at BYU as well as, as, well as South Carolina, along with the glimpses of brilliance he showed early on in the season for BYU, it very much looked like he was on track to rush for 1,000 yards, and boy, could BYU have used him for an entire year. I think he is a guy that an NFL team, and most NFL teams are going to the running back by committee approach. They could see his uh, glimpses of brilliance during his time, both as a Gamecock as well as a Cougar, and say, you know what? We could pull something out of this kid. He can be part of our rotation, part of our stable of running backs, and we can work with that. So I think that Tyson Williams is most likely the guy to be drafted from BYU's uh, class, and I'm not alone in that. Here's Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports, one of the foremost minds on the NFL draft, on why he thinks Tyson Williams could be the lone Cougar drafted this year. Well, I think uh, Tyson Williams probably uh, is the most highly sought after of the BYU prospects. Um, I did mention or him to a few people down in Mobile that being at South Carolina – Flashed a little bit there, just never got the carries, and that's kind of led to him transferring. And you saw the same explosiveness at times. His 
ability to just accelerate out of his cuts and to have power through the tackles. Um, I could see him being selected, and the fact that he is an older prospect, but I think with running backs today, teams are like, look, we're going to draft you. You're probably going to only play on one contract here, but three or four years, that's where we can get the most contributions from you, the best contributions. Um, So he's the one that sticks out to me. Um, I could see him going in the sixth or the seventh round. It's a good running back class. It's not crazy deep. So after we get past a few of the guys that I already mentioned, once we're into that sixth and seventh round, I think teams will really be looking for diamonds in the rough um, to to give them really good value at the running back spot. And I think Tyson Williams, from what I've seen two years ago at South Carolina and then this past season at BYU – is an NFL player can be an NFL ball carrier, um, and you know as a second or a third running back. And with every team going running back by committee, I think that adds another uh, roster spot potentially for him, even if he's a, a late round pick. There you go, Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports. Big thank you to the Zone Sports Network for letting us use that audio. Also, uh, of course, Dion Gonwoluku is a conversation uh, in, in his own right when it comes to the NFL draft. Has proven himself both at safety and cornerback at the collegiate level as well as playing special teams. He is represented by Evan Brennan, an agent here in Utah, United Athlete Sports. Well, Evan Brennan's very high on him and his chances of being a free agent at the bare minimum. If I were to go a list of guys I think could be drafted. I'd go number one, Tyson Williams. Number two would be Dion Gonwoloku for me. Number three, Austin Lee. And then number four, Aleva Hifo. I think all four of them, the chance of all four of them getting picked up in the draft, near zero. But I think at least one of them, and I said Tyson Williams, is my pick as the guy to be drafted. But Evan Brennan represents both Diane Gonwoloku as well as Aleva Hifo. And he was on with DJ and PK in the morning earlier this week and talked about what he sees from both of them and kind of the feedback he's getting from NFL teams about both of those prospects. Diane first, Diane Lake, Gonwoloku. Uh, very versatile, speedy defensive back, special teams ace. Um, I mean, he's talked to just about every play, our team in the league, FaceTime with defensive back coach across the league. I mean, even the Patriots uh, did a FaceTime with him yesterday. Um, easily could stick in as kind of a special teams guy that teams want to run down on punt and kick and make tackles and plays. He's a guy that can back up, you know, starting nickel or could be the starting nickel and could uh, back up, you know, safeties and other corners across the roster. So a very, very, very tough at the PFA. A lot of HIFO, similar, but on the offensive side of the ball, has the ability to punt return, speedy, great agility, uh, can play in the slot, and uh, it's hard to find true punt returners right now. This is an extremely deep wide receiver class. You can go 60, 70 deep, um, probably one of the deepest in the last 10 years, and so a lot of got to fight numbers more than anything, uh, but he's had several calls and expect to see him um, definitely getting a lot of love um, uh, on Saturday. There you go, Evan Brennan. Big thank you once again to the Zone Sports Network for letting us use that audio. But interesting to hear that the New England Patriots of all teams have talked with Dion Gonwoloku, a guy like Bill Belichick who makes the personnel decisions for the New England Patriots. He loves guys who are special teams aces, as you heard Evan Brennan uh, term Dion Gonwoloku to be. A guy like uh, Lev Hifo also, his ability to return kicks, punts in particular, are, is going to help him as he tries to chase a roster slot in the 
the NFL. And I wish nothing but the best for all of these players. Obviously, you probably won't have news on if any of you guys are picked until Saturday at the very earliest, but I wanted to talk about that a little bit today as we get ready for the NFL draft to begin tonight. All right, uh, we will wrap things up here next on the podcast, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Uh, BYU football players and ent- uh, BYU football players entered the NCAA transfer portal as I broke yesterday. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, a big thank you to all of you guys who have been listening to this podcast. First off, I hope you guys are all staying safe, you're all being healthy, etc. But I want to ask you guys to make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on uh, Spotify or Apple iTunes, respectively, on those two. But essentially, anywhere you listen to these podcasts, make sure to follow the show, subscribe to it, but also leave us a favorable rating and review. On Apple Podcasts, those ratings and reviews really help build this audience. A big thank you to all of you. Your guys' interactions with the show have kept us in the top 200 rankings for football podcasts pretty consistently despite the downturn due to COVID-19. So I, I'm going to ask you guys, if you haven't done so already, please leave us a five-star review, or sorry, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, as well as a sentence or two on what you like about the show, especially on Apple Podcasts because that top 200 ranking, it helps BYU fans find us and in turn helps us find BYU fans who are looking for great quality content and BYU sports talk. So hopefully you guys will help us out here. Make sure you leave that rating and review on Apple iTunes and make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button on your podcast provider of choice. As we close out this Thursday edition of the podcast, a big thank you once again for you guys who have listened in, but I wanted to get to some notes and when it comes to the transfer portal for BYU. I broke this yesterday on my Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch, as a reminder for you guys, follow along. Alec Weibel-Mesa, a redshirt sophomore running back, a former a transfer from Scottsdale Community College in Arizona, has entered the NCAA transfer portal. This isn't all that surprising of a news, I'd, in my opinion. Some of you may not even know the name of Alec Weibel Mesa, a kid that went to Scottsdale Community College down there in Scottsdale, Arizona. He rushed for just over a thousand yards and six touchdowns in 2018 in his lone season uh, with Scottsdale. I believe they're the Fighting Artichokes, if I'm not mistaken. That is the best mascot name out there, I feel like, the Fighting Artichokes. But he, uh, was a guy who came to BYU as a preferred walk-on as a transfer from the JUCO ranks after Scottsdale shuttered their football program. And he faced long odds to get a lot of playing time at BYU to begin with, I felt like, because he's coming in as a sophomore, a transfer from a JUCO as a preferred walk-on. Well, you have a lot of guys on that roster last year. Tyson Williams, uh, Lopini Katoa, Emmanuel Asupa, just to go down that list. You had so many names on there that Weibel Mesa faced long odds of getting on the field. He did see action in one game for BYU this past season against UMass. He carried the ball three times for six yards, but he has now entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal, and I can't blame him. I think a lot of guys in his situation where they're a preferred walk-on to a school, and they show, hey, I can be a scout team guy at the very best, and you're trying to get yourself on scholarship, because playing college football while also trying to pay the bills, pay for school, train, all the different things, it's a massive stress and it's tough to do and I don't blame a kid like Weibel Mesa for putting his name in the NCAA transfer portal to see if another university will reward him with a scholarship even if it means going down to the FCS level potentially if you can get yourself a scholarship get your schooling paid for that's the name of the game and you're taking care of your your situation when it comes to the academics that's all you can ask for as a college football program more importantly 
for BYU, and I don't mean this to be a, a, a negative thing, but Alec Weibel Mesa moving on frees up a roster spot for BYU to work with when it comes to the football season this fall. You're allowed 85 scholarship players, but beyond that, you're allowed 105 players on the roster. There's 20, 20 or so walk-ons normally with the team. That number fluctuates year to year. But Weibel Mesa was one of those guys who was taking up one of those roster slots, and now he opens it up for another athlete potentially to join the BYU football program. They're under currently that uh, scholarship crunch. They're facing a missionary return crunch as well. I don't envy Jason Ayu and the staff down there at BYU as they try to balance things, but a guy like Alec Weibel Mesa, it probably makes sense for him to move on to see if he can find himself a new spot, a scholarship potentially at another university, but it's also a benefit for BYU here where it opens up a roster spot for them to insert another name that may not have had room otherwise. It's going to be interesting to see where things shake out, and we wish Alec Weibel Mesa the absolute best, even if he decides to return to BYU, because you putting your name in the NCAA transfer portal does not mean that you're cut off and you're you're out on your own. You can return to the program that you're transferring from at any point and withdraw your name from the portal. So there's no by no means is Alec Weibel Mesa uh, not going to well, okay, by no means, I should say, is he going to put his name in the transfer portal and Kalani Sitake and staff are saying, well, best of luck to you. See you, son. That's not how Kalani operates. He's very much been a guy who's been willing to bring guys back into the fold after they decided they wanted to leave at some point. And I think Alec Weibel Mesa, if he so desires, I'm sure Kalani Sitake would welcome, welcome him back with open arms as a walk-on. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Also, one other thing I should note is that Weibel Mesa, I believe, scheduled to be married this week. Uh, congratulations to him on the impending nuptials. That's a big step in every person's life, and I wish him nothing but the best as he moves forward, and I hope he finds the right fit for him. And I think especially uh, the fact that he's been at BYU, he's been a proven member of the scout team. I actually believe he was named as the scout one of the scout team players of the year for BYU. Yeah, according to his bio, scout, uh, sorry, scout offense player of the week against Utah. State, so he's been a standout scout player for BYU. I can't blame him one bit for trying to find himself maybe a scholarship, if not an opportunity to play more at a new university. Look, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day. It is so much fun to talk BYU sports on this podcast, but also keep it digestible for you guys where we keep it under 30 minutes, ideally, as we talk BYU sports. I apologize we didn't get to one of the top moments today, but I felt like some of the other news that was out there was more pressing for BYU. So we'll get to one another one of the top moments of the past year for BYU sports on tomorrow's podcast as we close out the week on a Friday. We'll also weigh in a little bit more on the NFL draft. Some of the guys in BYU history as undrafted free agents who have made good on themselves, made good of themselves, I guess I should say, or I don't know how to say that correctly. Did I screw that up? I probably did, but thank you again for supporting the podcast. We'll end it now before I try and screw up another phrase or another term, but big thank you to all of you who have supported the show. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Stay at home, stay safe. Hopefully you guys are all healthy and doing well, regardless of whatever circumstance you find yourself in. If you guys do need help, feel free to reach out anytime. I'm happy to help you guys out at locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My personal Twitter feed at Jacob C hatch, the DMS on Twitter for both the show and myself are open. You can drop us a note in there. You also can email the show anytime by emailing us at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. 
We'll talk to you guys soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 23rd, 2020. We will talk to you tomorrow.